we had two wild and crazy guys. Uh, that's a real, real old ass reference. Jesus Christ. Wow. Are you old or something? I might be. <laughs> you know what? I, I like? It's okay. I'm old. I, that, we're all old. You know what I really enjoy, though? What? When foods have enlarged to show detail versions of the food on the packaging. Mm hmm. I just like that. I like seeing my food enlarged. That's fair. It's not a it's not a it's not a sex thing. It's just a, <laughs> I was gonna ask if you have an inflation kink. That's unrelated. <laughs> I have an image zoom kink apparently. <laughs> oh baby, show me that zoomed in crispix. <laughs> you know it. That's the good shit right there. Yeah, it's like Rice on one side and wheat on the other, or whatever. Mm. So, oh no, it's corn. Okay, do we want to actually start this thing so I can get rid of all of the information that I have collected about the Lorax? <laughs> Just erase that from your mind. Yes, let's do it. Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And we watch movies with no sound and no subtitles and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoiler, capitalism is a scourge. We're in the show now. We're in the show. We've arrived. So we watched the Lorax 2012. Yes. The one that um, Tumblr got obsessed with. And as a result, there's a lot of really, really, really unnerving fan art. I... Now, Kira, are you familiar with the Onesler fandom at all? <laughs> no. Um... Okay, would you like to be familiar with the Onesler fandom? I feel like maybe no. Probably a good call. Um, that said, if you do want to familiarize yourself with what happened in the Onesler fandom beyond the horrors that I'm about to unleash upon your mind... Oh no. Sarah Zed has a very good video on YouTube where she talks about the rise and fall of this fandom, which she admittedly and shamefully was a part of oh my god i hate it i hate it already it is only slightly worse than having been a super hulak i'm just imagining like these are the same people who absolutely adore elon musk it's like the tumblr girl version of people who worship elon musk Ugh. That's a very apt description. I think also a lot of it does come from the fact that this movie was before a lot of people started reading leftist theory on Tumblr. Fair. Also, it was peak Tumblr. Like 2012 was the apex of Tumblr culture. That's true. I'll, yeah, that's true. Like I want to say 2012 to like 2014-ish. That's about when I operated my Tumblr, so that makes sense. So do you remember the Mishapocalypse? No. The what? The Mishapocalypse. I'm assuming this has something to do with Misha Collins. It, uh, who else but Misha Collins? So 
on April Fool's Day 2013, sorry, this is actually going to be an episode of Unsound Theories where I just talk about Tumblr culture. Okay. <laughs> I hope that's okay with you. <clears throat> we'll call it Unsound Tumblies. <laughs> that works. <laughs> so <laughs> April Fool's Day 2013, Supernatural fans all switched their, um, their avatar to this specific picture of Misha Collins, which I will send you on Discord. Okay. Now, and listeners, then, what I'm seeing is a picture of Misha Collins. He's probably a little too tan, grim-faced, and washed out by camera flash and stage lights from Comic-Con, from the mm-hmm, looks of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, the Misha Apocalypse. Okay, is this pre- or post uh, cooking fast and fresh with West. I don't know. Let's because that's basically my only touchstone with Misha Collins. That would be probably around the same time. Okay. Okay. Like I'm, di- I'm dialing in. Yeah. Now everyone's dash for the day of the Misha Apocalypse was flooded with things like this, and I did just send a post from Tumblr where it is homestuck edited to be misha collins now what is homestuck i don't have the time for that <laughs> literally the only thing i know about homestuck is that nobody has the time to explain homestuck it was a webcomic based on choose your own adventure like games where for a while the next like page of the comic could be decided on by the people on the forums for ms paint adventures okay it was originally like it was i think his like is hussey's like fourth comic i know he did elf quest before that or whatever it was called it doesn't matter the only two good ones are the first like three acts of homestuck and all of problem sleuth now, where does, if I understand correctly, girls with multi-tentacle dicks, where does that come in? Me, ideally. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely were not expecting that one. No! No! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but anyway, this is all circling around the fact that the Wensler fandom was actually pretty big for a very long time. I had a couple of Tumblr Tumblr mutuals who were big into the Wensler fandom. So all of my knowledge of this movie comes from osmosis through Tumblr posts. Okay. I have not and still have not heard any of the music in this movie, despite the fact that I did see a lot of Wensler fandom posts. Now, you're saying this movie had music. Yes, it was a musical. I didn't experience that. No, he did have a guitar. Yeah, but it didn't make any sound. <laughs> okay, what what's your experience with this? I want to validate your feelings. Uh, well, it was... Um, there was no, no music and no talking. Interesting. I I found when I watched this movie. That's exactly my experience as well. Huh. It's almost like that's the conceit of our show. 
Oh, you have a point there. You have a point there, Kat. <laughs> okay, so do we want to do you want to go into a quick recap of the plot? Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't seen the 1963 version of the Lorax, what have you been doing with your childhood? Um, so we get a frame narrative where a boy with the voice of a grown man played by Zac Efron. <laughs> How do you lives know that? In Fneedville. Fneedville, yes. Which this town must be a nightmare for francophone people. <laughs> um, so, well, he, do you know what they what uh, that town is famous for? For Fneeds? Uh, no, actually. Oh, what Marius need to be found, but they did. That is where uh, most, not all, but most of the Fneed for Speed mo- uh, games were developed. I did enjoy playing Fneed for Speed Hot Pursuit. <laughs> Need for Speed Thought Pursuit. Come on, cat. Damn it. <laughs> so, um, in this frame narrative, everything in Thneedville is plastic. Yes. I guess except the water and the snow. Yeah, and they get deliveries of, of bottles of air. Right, because the outside world is heavily polluted, so it's like impossible to breathe the air without having fresh air delivered by O'Hare. Yeah. A small man with very, very, very criminal hair. I would say that's a that constitutes a yeah, he major major hair criminal, that man. So like that's the thing though. He's a hair criminal in a like Susian world. Yeah. Which means he has to be particularly egregious because the characters in Dr. Seuss books are notoriously criminal with their hair. Yeah, yeah. And so this man is... A cut above the rest. I... I, A turf bang above the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, don't get short bangs. They look terrible on everyone. Yeah, it's bad. Don't do it. Um, he... I... his, His hair... It's like a bowl cut, but if you put a window in the bowl, or like it's okay, a bowl okay, cut. Okay, okay, if... okay, okay. You know the villain guy in Fifth Element? It's yes. Like, it's like if you mirrored his hair. So like there were two of his hair. Like like you take his hair that's like flooped down to one side, and mm-hmm. you, you copy it over so it's also flooped down the other side. And then right, also you copy it, you right click, you go to transform. Yeah. You go to mirror, and then it flops at 180 degrees on the yeah, yeah, vertical yeah, yeah. axis, and then bada bing, bada boom. You exactly. got a hair crime. You've got a hair. Yeah. This episode is going to be so weird. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm here for it. It's good energy. Uh, so, Zephron is in love with a girl who is clearly older than him. I assume is voiced by Taylor Swift. I believe so. I did see that in the credits. Um, Her name is Audrey. Yes. Which was extremely weird for me because I have a friend named Audrey who Mm -hmm. looks nothing like that. And I feel that if they're going to portray her in a movie, they should have gotten it right. I agree. So for some reason, our protagonist... Oh, no. Taylor Swift girl is obsessed with these mythical truffle trees. 
which I, I, I now I'm going to know a couple of terms from this specifically just because I watched the 60s version of the Lorax like every <laughs> child. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's obsessed with those trees. So Zephron goes to find out what happened to those trees. In order to do so, he has to break out of Fneedville, which is like an oligopoly. Yeah, it's like a walled town. It's a walled company town. Yeah. But it's also like designed to keep people placated, right? Exactly. So like it's a pseudo paradise. They've got like they've got skiing, they've got a beach and everything like that. Now it is all plastic, but like it's pretty well yeah. furnished. All the plants are inflatable. Mhm. So he figures out a way to break out of the town. And in doing so, gets noticed by O'Hare, which is an appropriate name for his criminal hair. Oh, hair <laughs> is how it's pronounced. He travels through some, like, wastes, basically. Yeah. There's a bunch of trees that have been cut down. This is and like a bunch the... of pollution. Yeah, he basically has left the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And then he, much like in the original... Finds the Onesler's tower out in the wastes and is like, hey, Mr. Onesler, what happened to the trees? And then we get a flashback. Ah, uh, yes. And then we find out that the Onesler got like kicked out of his house by his aunt for being too much of an incel. <laughs> a one cell, if you will. A one. <laughs> and why did people like him? Um, It was 2012. And people had bad taste. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's let's look at what are some other things that started in 2012 that, that we can criticize to prove that 2012 was a year of bad taste. Um, Game Grumps started in 2012. Um, I'll be honest, I have no memory of those times. <laughs> That's fair. That's kind of an ADHD <laughs> thing, isn't it? Yeah. I think that was also the year the world was supposed to end. That was that was the big thing. I think everyone was was big on on Mayan calendars for for some for some reason. So like, here's the thing. Maybe the world did end in 2012 when the Lorax came out. <clears throat> that would explain some shit. Mm-hmm. And that 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 that's why the simulation is doing what it's doing right now. Just sort of fully breaking down. We need to. Escape Needville. Okay. We need to escape. Exactly. <laughs> now, here's the thing about the Onesler. The Onesler dresses like a classic 2010s fuckboy. Yeah. He's got the trilby. He's got a fucking vest and skinny jeans. He, he dresses like a very, very twinky incel. Yeah. He's like... While you were learning, while you were learning how to be a successful businessman, I studied the blade. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, no, I can see that. I, I just don't. That was so long ago. 2012? Yeah. Yeah. Rage comics were still popular. Jesus Christ. We were so innocent. Yeah, I mean, like, I probably should have realized some things in that 2012, but instead, I repressed them. <laughs> yeah. And that fun. Something. So fun, fun is a word. So anyway. Uh, so, okay, yeah. So 
we get the story of the 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 onceler and his discovering of the forest this discovers the forest with its fluffy um trees and cuts one down and the forest creatures are very upset about this and the lorax uh spawns from the stump of the tree and yeah lorax spawns in uh just sort of loads in uh different in it the lorax has an interesting mode of transportation (laughs) yes he lifts himself up by the seat of his pants and just yeah floats away he has a butt scruffing kink is everything a kink i mean when you get right down to it yeah like down to brass tacks everything's a kink everything is a kink including one cest now i don't like this word that you said do you remember you remember that scene during the big like heel turn musical number where he puts on the green suit and then for a brief flash of a moment on the screen there's multiple him on the screen uh no i don't actually remember that but i believe that it happened so that that moment kind of spawned a whole genre of tumblr ship where people shipped the onceler with himself i mean i can kind of get that behind that because capitalists can go fuck themselves which i actually have a a thing in my notes okay wait what if the reason so many people ship shipped question mark one says is because by its exercise, capitalism is a masturbatory practice. One says is indicative of the ills of capitalism where it fails to meet the needs of any but the few and results in wanton destruction. Maybe the movie is deep. Maybe I'm just overcomplicating it. But that's the point of this podcast. I, yeah, yeah. I just want to say that first. I at first I thought you were going to say that you have fucked yourself, which I was going to congratulate you on because that's. Uh, a feat of science um science and engineering yes <laughs> but uh, i fully agree that this movie um now i thought the emoji movie was the foremost anti-capitalist text of our time but it turns out that award goes to the lorax 2012 would you like to see some one art no but show me uh, I should not send that to a coworker. <sighs> I'm just viscerally upsetting you. He now. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, so, um, hey, so, uh, um, so actually, Tumblr's bad. Yeah. Tumblr was always bad. Oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> this person I'm um, seeing... this person is reacting to their own prior fandom and drew this art of themselves. Uh yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. Why no? Let's talk about literally anything but this. <laughs> Okay, so basically the plot of the 1963 version of the Lorax plays out, but with the additional characters of the Wensler's family. Mm-hmm. They did sort of turn it into like a, like a, the, the strappy young man has good intentions and then the lady like 
ruins it and corrupts him. Yeah, it was which I didn't love. Pretty misogynistic. Didn't didn't love that. No. Um, in our frame narrative, Mr. O'Hare <laughs> is chasing after Zephron through a series of escalating attempts to murder him, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in our flashback, we get a scene of a bear deep-throating butter. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, not a bear, a barbaloot. Oh, a barbaloot. Deep-throating butter. Yeah, they have barbaloot suits. Where does the butter come from? I don't know, because we haven't seen any cows to date. Is that is that donkey butter? It, it might be donkey butter. He he eats he deep throats ass butter. <sighs> yep. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Yeah, let's let's move on. Yeah. Um uh, um so so we we basically we come to a point where the Onceler has like one last tree seed and he gives it to the boy and the boy like because this whole plot is driven by the boy wanting to fuck. T-Swizzle. Yeah. Um, big, big Manic Pixie Dream Girl vibes going on. Right. Again, the the one cell finds his little incel progeny and yeah. trusts him with saving the planet. So the Onceler trusts Zephron with the last truffle seed. There's a chase through the entirety of Needville. Yeah. Wild and wacky, I would say, this chase. Yeah. And then eventually they break through the plastic and find dirt and plant the truffle tree. And then the truffle tree starts to grow and then and it, sa- it saves the world. Yeah, we we zoom in on the tree and then we zoom back out and surprise, it's not just the tree anymore. It's a whole forest of trees growing. <gasps> yeah, and who's watering them? But the old weird beardy version of the Onceler. Yeah. And the sky is blue again. And then from down from on high, the Lorax returns. Ass in hand. Un- Doubtedly to have sex with the Onceler. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a situation where the Lorax came back to take the Onceler to the Grey Heavens or whatever. <laughs> you finally earned your place among the stars, Onceler. The Onceler, uh, the Onceler gets on the boat with with Frodo and Bilbo. <laughs> the Onceler goes to the heavy side layer. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Onceler Fandom episode, something I never thought I'd be saying in 2021. This episode was a blast to record and edit, so I really hope you have as much fun listening to it as we did making it. To start off this mid-roll, we have another new patron to shout out. Lavender, thank you so much. It really means a lot to us to have your support. Thanks to you and all of our other wonderful patrons, we're now able to cover all of our hosting costs, which is going to be a huge help as we transition towards producing content on a more frequent schedule. For our patrons, we'll have our monthly Chicks with Dice Patreon special coming out this week. Cat and Kira played The Ground Itself, a one-session storytelling game created by Everest Pipkin. You can find them on Twitter at Everest Pipkin, and we'll have a link in the show notes. It was a very deep and emotional storytelling experience, and we can't wait for you to listen. If you enjoy the podcast and you're able to support us financially, you can head on over to our Patreon and show us some love. There you'll find Patreon exclusives like our monthly Chicks with Dice one-shot, 
patron-only cuts of Unsound Theories, and more. Check it out at patreon.com slash sosasmedia, or visit the link in the show notes. You can also support us by telling your friends about the show. Every little bit helps, and as we grow our audience, we can create more of the content you love. Follow us on Twitter at sosasmedia, and visit sosas.ca to see all of our podcasts. Now, let's get back to some unsound theories. Um, anyway, do we want to talk about theories about this movie? Yeah. Because I've laid out my two theories. Okay. Hit me. Um, and then I also have a criticism. So, oh, so a my criticism first theory, of this movie. Yes. So the first theory is the one cell theory. Okay. In that the one slur is an incel and thinks that making a lot of money will make him fuckable when it's really the shape of his skull that makes him unfuckable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah sure yeah i'm sorry um so like basically the one slur is an incel who specifically tries to get famous by making something new but because he's a one cell things blow up in his face and he dresses like an early 2000s disaster yeah yeah. The other theory that I had was that the movie was designed to encourage one cess shipping as a critique of capitalism's masturbatory nature. Uh, well, did you come away from this movie shipping the onceler with himself, Kira? No, I I don't think I did. Um, I I came away from this movie uh, shipping myself and never watching this movie again. Okay, see, I kind of want to watch it with the sound on. Uh, I don't. Mostly be- fair. because, like, 50% of the Amazon reviews I read for this said how awful the songs were. Oh, yes. No, 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 no. I, I fully expect the songs to be awful. The Onceler is voiced by Ed Helms. Oh, my God. And the, the Lorax is voiced by Danny DeVito? Which, like, probably the only good actor in the film. No oh, offense know, to Ed Helms. You know, one thing that I did want to talk about is the naming of some of the characters. Okay. Because we have characters like the Onceler and, oh, hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the main boy's name is Ted. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do better than that. I mean, like, it's clearly, uh, like, within the Suzaverse where they are drawn as and depicted as who adjacent, right? Are they? I believe so. Oh. I believe that, I think that the Who's and the Onceler. Wait, I just realized something. Yeah. Um. There's that one about Horton Hears a Who. Uh, yeah. Which came first, that or the Grinch? I don't know. Is, because obviously this this means the Grinch is in... The Horton verse. Right. Now, did you know that there was a Horton Hears a Who movie that came out in 2008? Yeah. Yeah. I found out about that uh, <laughs> reading Amazon reviews. And did you know that Horton Hears a Who was the plot inspiration for Susical the Musical? Do you... Th- wait. Cat? Wait. Wait. Wait, Cat. Wait. Wait. What? What if the character is named Ted... In homage 
to Dr. Seuss himself. I think I think you you got it. Fuck me. That's that's exactly what it is. <sighs> He's named after Ted Geisel. He's fucking self inserts. <laughs> yeah, it's just a reminder. Ted does not exist in the original story, or at least have a name in the original story. Yeah, but you can feel his spiritual presence. That's why he's in the movie. That's Otherwise, fair. why would they put him in the movie? So, yeah, no, I, I have one one thing that I would like to talk about. Okay. Is their method of natural resource extraction. Bad and whimsical? Um, well, I mean, like, they're, they're weird. The Onesler's weird multiple axe car thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bad I and whimsical. That. But, bad, like, bad and whimsical. before we get into that, the material that he's harvesting comes from what? It's the leaves of the tree. Right. The hair of the tree. Right. If you will. So why, in his infinite wisdom, did the onesler not just, I don't know, say, bring a ladder and remove the hairs from the tree and then let it grow back? I think he was trying to in this adaptation. Was he? I think so. Because there's a scene where his brothers mm-hmm. are... Like, using, like, an extendo arm thing to pick it off the tree with the tree still standing. And then the mother or aunt or whatever is like, it's too slow. You gotta cut down the trees. And he's like, no, don't cut down the trees. And then she's like, but think about all the money. And then he goes into a musical number about how evil he is. Yeah. It was a very quick heel turn. He didn't take much convincing. No, he really didn't. He he turned on his his... See, because the thing is, he had a bit of uh, trauma bonding with the the animals in the Lorax mm-hmm. when they nearly killed him mm-hmm. and then resuscitated him. And I do want to say, I think the one of the major morals of this story is that if a capitalist is dying on the ground in front of you, do not resuscitate. Do not resuscitate. It's a good moral. Yeah. So, yeah, no, there was a lot in this movie that I didn't like. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah, also a lot that I didn't like. Um, I, I will give it credit. I think each scene was pretty well paced, where nothing felt like it dragged, and I was able to get through the movie in one sitting. Yeah, the animation was fine. Also, yeah, mo- most of this movie was fine. It was if it serviceable. Was a, it was a competently constructed movie. It was not a competently cast film. Well, yes. Because I don't think Ed Helms has the voice acting chops pretend to be a twink. (laughs) No, no, absolutely not. So instead of a twink, you just get regular Ed Helms coming out of a twink. (laughs) Which is a hell of a mental image. You're right. And then you get grown-ass adult Zac Efron voicing a child named Ted. Yeah. I have a question, Kira. Yeah? Why has Taylor Swift only ever been in legitimately god-awful movies? Oh. Oh, it's because Taylor Swift is legitimately god-awful. I I have some theories about Taylor Swift. The the Folklore album actually is a coming-out album. Okay. But we won't get into that, because I also don't like Taylor Swift. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people do, but I don't think anybody does. You know? Okay, so let's look at Taylor Swift's IMDb. Okay. What's she known for? 
Um, we're going to hide soundtrack. We're going to go to actress. She was in Cats. Cats. She was in The Lorax. Yes. Um, she was in one episode of New Girl. Okay. She was in The Giver. Okay. Which she literally bought that role because The Giver was one of her favorite books. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see it. So, okay. So the three things she's been in are The Giver, Cats, and The Lorax. None of those movies were good. Hmm. Do you think it's her fault? Possibly. I think any project that Taylor Swift is attached to, you should immediately resign from. Now, okay, here's the interesting question is, does Taylor Swift cause movies to be bad? Or do like the people who are willing to hire Taylor Swift as an actress are already making a bad movie? Both. Okay, so that she makes it worse. Here's the thing. The Giver yeah. had Meryl Streep in it. Uh-huh. And it takes a lot for Meryl to be in a bad movie. Yeah. I don't know how Taylor Swift accomplished it. Uh, but she might have ruined Meryl Streep. <laughs> that's that's a lie. Meryl Streep has been in plenty of things since then that are amazing. Good. Good. That's Feral. She was in Little Women. Slightly larger women. Um, both Mamma Mia's. Uh, I love those movies. They would make such bad movies for uh, Unsound Theories, but I love those movies. <laughs> They're so dorky. Yeah, I have not seen them. Maybe I should. They're cute. Like, it's it's very fun. Cut. Yes. Is that everything that we wanted to discuss? It, everything that I wanted to talk about with the Lorax, yes. Um, so I, I mentioned that it seemed pretty well paced i think 80 minutes is a very good runtime for yeah. a bad movie yeah. like this mm-hmm. that extra 10 minutes yeah. would have killed me yes i agree i agree so do we want to talk some amazon reviews or do we do amazon reviews after i read the summary we do amazon reviews after the summary god cat it's like you haven't done this podcast in like two months i know right wait 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 Wait, 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 wait. I'm waiting. The Lorax might be being shown at a movie theater near me. That's a wild coincidence. And by near me, I mean like way, way out on Long Island in like Levittown. Hey, like, Betty White was in this movie. I assume she was the grandma. Yeah. Do you know who played Mr. O- Mr. Oh, hair? We'll get to that, I assume. Rob Riggle. Oh, yeah, no, it was Rob Riggle. And that was incredibly weird. Again, the, the voice casting for this movie, it just, it boggles the mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like they made, like, every casting decision wrong. Except Ted's mom and Ted's grandma. Yeah. Like Jenny Slate, I'm sure, did a fine job. Good casting for that character. Betty White for the grandma. Perfect casting. Yes. Oh, God. So the movie 
Okay, we'll get to this. Cat, tell me what this fucking movie was about. The Lorax, also known as Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, is a 2012 American 3D computer animated musical fantasy comedy film. Oh. Produced by Illumination Entertainment and based on Dr. Seuss's children's book of the same name. The second adaptation of the book, following the 1972 animated television special, the film builds by expanding the story of the Lorax and Ted, previously the previously unnamed boy who visits the Onceler. The cast includes Danny DeVito as the Lorax, Ed Helms as the Onceler, Zac Efron as Ted. New characters introduced for the film are Audrey, Ted's love interest, voiced by Taylor Swift, Aloysius O'Hare, the evil air baron, voiced by Rob Riggle, <sighs> Mrs. Wiggins, Ted's mother, so Ted Wiggins is this guy's name, voiced by Jenny Slate, Grammy Norma, Ted's grandmother, voiced by Betty White. The film received mixed reviews from critics, but grossed 3.48... Sorry, that's a bad reading. The film received mixed reviews from critics, but grossed 348.8 million worldwide on a 70 million budget. Damn. So you know what? Good for them. I guess. Okay, the plot is as follows. 12-year-old Ted Wiggins lives in Thneedville, a walled city where all vegetation and plant life are artificial. Ted has a crush on environmentalist Audrey and decides to impress her with a real tree. His grandma, Norma, tells him the legend of the Onceler who knows what happened to the trees. Leaving Thneedville in search of the Onceler, Ted discovers that the outside world is a barren, contaminated wasteland. He finds the Onceler who agrees to tell him the story of the trees over multiple visits. The next time he leaves home, Ted encounters Sneedville's greedy mayor, Aloysius O'Hare, whose company sells bottled oxygen to the polluted city. Explaining that trees and the oxygen they produce freely pose a threat to his business, O'Hare pressures Ted to stay in town, but Ted continues to visit the Onceler. The Onceler recounts how, as a young inventor, he arrived in a lush forest of animals and truffle trees. Cutting down his tree, he was confronted by the Lorax, the guardian of the forest, who speaks for the trees. After attempting to force the Onceler out, the Lorax convinced him not to harm any more trees. Using the truffle tree, the Onceler created the Thneed, a piece of cloth with multiple uses, which became a major success. His unscrupulous relatives persuade him to resume chopping down trees to mass-produce Thneeds, resulting in enormous profits but deforestation and pollution. Having harvested the last truffle tree, the Onceler was ruined and abandoned by his family and became a recluse. The Onceler was left heartbroken and unbearably guilty for destroying the forest, with the region uninhabitable, the Lorax sends the animals away to find a new place to live and vanished into the sky by picking himself up by the ass. The Lorax left a single... <laughs> That's... <laughs> the Lorax left a single word on a small pile of rocks. Unless. Unless. Once gives Ted the last truffle seed in the hopes that he can regrow the forest and make others care about trees. Ted returns home to plant the seed, which is spotted by O'Hare's citywide surveillance. Enlisting the help of Audrey and his family, Ted is pursued by O'Hare to the center of town. O'Hare rallies the citizens against Ted, telling him that trees are dangerous and filthy, but Ted uses an earth mover to knock down a section of the city wall re- uh, sorry to knock down a section of the city wall revealing the environmental destruction outside inspired by ted's conviction the crowd turns on o'hare and the seed is finally planted time passes as the land begins to recover new trees sprout animals return and the now elderly onceler reunites with the lorax the film ends with a quote from dr seuss unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot nothing is going to get better it's not now, I would like to note, they have literally no fucking reason to have an earth mover in a town made of plastic. That's extremely true. Yeah. No, they... 
Also, Audrey was named after Audrey Geisel. Okay. Dr. Seuss's shoot wife. The one, I think he cheated on her. How whimsical. <clears throat> do you want to hear some Amazon reviews? I would, but I do have one more thing to say. Um, the Lorax was Illumination's first film presented in IMAX 3D, which they marketed as IMAX 3D for the film. <laughs> I love that. I do love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, some fun facts. Marketing controversy. Despite the original Lorax being made a critique of capitalism and pollution, Mazda used the likeness of the Lorax setting and characters in advertisements for its CX-5 SUV. Again, capitalism is a scourge. Mm-hmm. <sighs> just, just the worst. The film has also been used to sell disposable diapers. Oh my god. Which is, you know, maybe not the best. No, you did it bad, guys. You did it bad. You did it bad. There were also three mini-movies. Sorry, what? That came with the Blu-ray and DVD. Oh, I heard about this. Um... I'm trying to see if there's anything, like, money-wise that it mentions, or, like, critical response. Um, I mean, aren't the real critics the people? They did not, they were not nominated for awards. Fair, fair. Nobody, nobody in the Academy is a one-cess shipper, clearly. Obviously. They just aren't cultured enough. Absolutely. But there's probably someone in the Academy of Motion Picture Motion Picture Arts and Sciences now who at one point might have been a one cess shipper. And do you think AOC was a one cess shipper? No, I think AOC had better things to do than be on Tumblr. Fair. Um okay. Let's hit me with this Amazon reviews. Okay, <clears throat> I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Amazon reviews. Oh my goodness! Possibly Do you want me more. to read some of them? Eight tabs. Uh, most of them are pretty pretty short. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> Amazon customer gives this one star, titled "Anti People Show." Mm-hmm. Whole point of this movie is that using the Earth's resources is bad. Try living in a resource-free world for a year and then tell me about being green. By the way, the Earth has way more trees today than 100 years ago. Look at the satellite pictures. Okay, so this reviewer is correct. The paper industry is actually significantly responsible for reforestation in the United States um, post-industrial revolution. When paper became a more important commodity, the paper industry caused more trees to be planted. Yeah, so, yes, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the Amazon isn't being burned down by the acre every day. Yeah. Um, Avid customer gives it two stars uh, and says it was colorful. <laughs> yeah, fair. It was colorful. Colorful is about the only good thing I could come up with about this film, even if I could overlook the glaring political agenda that is slathered all over this terrible adaptation of Dr. Seuss's book. At the very least, they could have coupled it with a good story. I guess they were trying to be another Ferngully, but they failed on every level. 
They could have just let Danny DeVito stand up and say, big business is bad. Yes, it is. Rich people are bad. Yes, they are. Yes, they and are. And they are going to destroy our planet. Yes, they yes, are. Yes, they are. It wasn't funny. It wasn't entertaining. It was just a terrible 1.5 hour tour. Fortunately, it was only a $2 mistake. That's what my parents called me. <laughs> JFF gives it two stars and says, should have watched this trailer before I bought this. I find it ironic, a man who is an author and prints his books on paper to be so against those who cut down the trees. Don't get me wrong. I love trees and I believe in planting trees, but I have no problem with loggers. If anything, I think they make use of the trees before they get wasted in a forest fire. Didn't care for this movie at all. I just saw that it was produced by the same company that made Despicable Me, so I thought it would be a good one for my kids. Should have watched the trailer. Oh, wow. This this reeks of that, that meme, like, you participate in capitalism despite criticizing it. How intriguing. <laughs> I love the, if anything, loggers make use of trees before they're wasted in a forest fire. See, like, that's, that's, the, that's the mindset that is so endemic to capitalism that things are only valuable for their utility. But things have inherent value outside of the utility that they're able to produce. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Phoenix gives it two stars and says, Brainwash. The Lorax is a rather unvarnished brainwashing for young children to convince them that the corporations are bad. The art and character are charming and some of the positive values are not bad. The denigration of family and business is, however, unacceptable in a movie aimed at impressionable minds. Blah, 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 blah. We have a bunch of people complaining about how it didn't suck capitalism's dick. Mm-hmm. Um... They we're starting to get more positive now. Uh, Chris gives it four stars and says, "Good thing to let your kids watch so they know about the Earth and how trees work." <laughs> mm-hmm. My grandchildren love this movie. That's why I rented it. It's good. It gives them a thing about you cannot cut all the trees down on Earth because if you do, there'll be none left and we'll have no air. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Audrey. C gives it five stars. Top 10 best movies of all time. I loved the book as a kid. As a zoology major, it's even better in adulthood for conservation matters. And this is the important part of the review. And Mm -hmm. the only reason I'm including it is this is also my dog's favorite movie. She legit watches it and she never watches the TV. (gasps) Oh my God. That's so adorable. Yeah, right? I want to watch a movie with that puppy. Yeah. Even if I do have to sit through the Lorax. <laughs> from <laughs> B gives it five stars and says, such a great movie. The Lorax is my favorite movie. I was never into kids movies till I had a son. Then I started binging on cartoons again and the animation movies. I was never a fan of Dr. Seuss, but this movie was so eye-catching with all of the colors and music. It's great for a toddler. There's so many things they can look at. And Mm -hmm. literally, I literally can play this movie three times in a row, and my son, who is three, will keep watching it. The storyline and hidden messages are in there with every scene from love, selfishness, 
family, friendship, environmental issues. The list goes on. This movie is an A+. The characters are all great, too. This is a must-watch. This movie is the movie that let me know you're never too old to watch kids' movies. Mm-hmm. And finally, my absolute favorite review of this oh, movie. I've oh, saved good. the best for last. Judy Kerland gives this five stars. Oh, Judy. <laughs> this review coming on April 14th, 2019 is titled God's Greatest Gift to the Film Industry. Oh, no. <laughs> Anytime they bring up God, it's always bad. Which one was the one that was... Was it Arctic Dogs that was called God's Family Movie? I think so. <laughs> uh, so the text of this review... Spectacular. Radiant. Transcendent. These are just some of the words I would use to describe Dr. Seuss's The Lorax. The director is a cinematic genius. The plot is moving, introspective, the wit is dry yet uplifting. The score is beautiful, passionate, and underrated. I personally think it's the best part of the film. But most importantly, this movie conveys a message that is relevant today, that empowers all who watch it to change the lives we lead in order to make the world a better place. It inspires viewers with the lyrics, let it grow, to not only take care of the environment, but to allow ourselves room for personal growth, which is really the first step to making a difference. But this is not the only theme of the movie. It also explores the evil effects that money and greed can have on people, how self-destructive these effects can be, and just the general ruthlessness of the economy, our whole system, really. It also makes some great points on the quiet and unbeknownst dangers of dystopian societies. It raises the question of whether the citizens' happiness is artificial, or rather their obliviousness provides them with true, genuine happiness. Because I'm not sure if they would really ever change the way they think completely if they were ever truly happy. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think I have proven my point that this movie is as thought-provoking as, as it is comical and lighthearted. A bar that most movies attempt to hit but never quite reach. Not to mention the wonderful cast who truly capture the essence of their characters precisely. A special mention to Fletcher, Fletcher Sheridan, who played the role of Psy? His voice is rich and powerful and comes with a heaping side of deliciously vague je ne sais quoi. I can definitely see this kid going places. Really, I cannot even express my gratitude to the makers of this movie for producing the cinematic equivalent of the Sistine Chapel. Whoa. Undoubtedly five stars. No, strike that. Six stars. Sincerely, okay, Dave a satisfied customer. P.S. My kids loved the movie too. 29 people found this helpful. So who was the actor that... Fletcher Sheridan? Go to Fletcher Sheridan's IMDb. <laughs> Fletcher Sheridan is not in the credits for no. either the main characters or additional voices. He was the score vocalist for the Lorax. So I oh. think... Probably sang a bunch of the songs. Okay. Where is this? Cy, Cy O'Hare. 
the air delivery man who lives in Sneedville and works for O'Hare Air. He is voiced by Fletcher Sheridan and appears in the Lorax. Okay. The deli- oh, he's the delivery guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do we have um, what's his fuck reviews of Goosebumps to read? No, not this week. Okay, I think cool. we. I think that last review was uplifting enough for all of us, right? I, I, I'll, I'll agree to that. Yeah. Oh, hi, Taco. The how cinematic equivalent of the Sistine Chapel. I mean, how can you get better than that? How do you get better than the Sistine Chapel? It just, it just, it just doesn't happen. The steps, or you make Chapel. the Lorax. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, listeners, I would like one of you to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher yes, that refers to that. this podcast as the podcast equivalent to the Sistine Chapel. Please, please, don't make me do it myself. <laughs> I think it this is this is the only call to action if if you don't want to subscribe to the Patreon the best way to help us is to is to compare our podcast to the Sistine Chapel on a public review on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever else you can review podcasts. Yes. Do you think on a somewhat related note can we get Fletcher Sheridan on the show? Uh probably. <laughs> Let's see. Fletch Tones, singer, composer, arranger, SAG-AFTRA member. Only 159 followers. There's a strong chance we could get Fletcher Sheridan on the show. <laughs> Can we please get Fletcher Sheridan on the show? <laughs> you know? Yeah, let's 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 give it a shot. <laughs> yes! I'll talk to I'll talk to Emma and see what we can do. I'm so excited. It's going to be the worst episode. Fletcher Sheridan's going to be so confused. <laughs> what movie would we make Fletcher Sheridan watch? Horton uh... oh, Here's the Who? Oh, God. <sighs> okay. I don't have anything else to say. No, no. Thanks for listening. We sure didn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Unsound Theories is a production of So Says Media. For the latest updates, follow our Twitter account at So Says Media. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Comedy is best enjoyed together. All music on this episode was created by Sounds Like an Earful. Visit soundslikeanearful.com for more. Until next time, thanks for listening.